0: This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting in Michigan. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I am Jolan Sami, your co-host joined by Natasha Sardoch, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit.
1: America's Roundtable brings together leading voices from business, government, media, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and via YouTube on International Leaders Summit. Visit iLeadersSummit.org.
0: This weekend on America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting in Michigan and the Midwest, we're delighted to welcome back Cheryl Chumley, the online opinion editor for The Washington Times. She's an author, writer, and speaker, and Cheryl is a U.S. Army veteran. A prolific author, Cheryl Chumley's latest book, Socialists Don't Sleep, was released at the end of September 2020 and available online for purchase by visiting Amazon and other key platforms. She is also the author of The Devil in D.C., Winning Back the Country from the Beast in Washington, and Police State USA, How Orwell's Nightmare is Becoming Our Reality. Cheryl Chumley worked for years in newspaper journalism, winning numerous investigative and hard news awards in the process, particularly for her use of the Freedom of Information Act and Sunshine Laws to hold government officials accountable, and in radio newsrooms as a host, producer, and writer. We extend to Cheryl a warm welcome. Welcome to America's Roundtable, Cheryl.
1: Welcome, Cheryl. Welcome, Cheryl. Thank you,
2: Joel, Natasha. It's always great to chat with you guys. Thank you. And thank you for all the fights you do for freedom and Judeo-Christian principles specifically.
1: Thank you, Cheryl. The presidential race is still too close to call and we are not sure when the election results are going to be final. Uh, Daniel Henninger, Wall Street Journal's editor, published a piece this past week stating that the pandemic gave Joe Biden an issue to run on and gave us the mail-in vote fiasco. Cheryl, what are your thoughts about the U.S. presidential election this year and the next steps in securing the integrity of this historic election so that every legally casted vote counts?
2: Well, I do agree with that thought that uh, the coronavirus gave Joe Biden an issue to run on because instead of just coming out and being the candidate who is not Trump, which was what Hillary Clinton unsuccessfully ran on in 2016 he was able to grab a hold of something tangible facing uh every american and and make the case that he would bring about the change that was necessary uh... whether you bought into that or not it did give joe biden a tangible issue to campaign on Uh, as far as the the chaos that has been created with this election uh... you know as you and i have chatted uh... previously it's a it's a travesty for all of america really for all of americans no matter what political party you are it's a travesty in my view for the electoral process because our election System is is shaky as it is. All election systems are right because they depend on trust. They depend on uh, the the citizens trusting in the process. And boy, has this process been shaken to the core. So going forward now, I think it's it's just going to be shaky. We went through this in two thousand and we recovered. We we did recover from it, but this is even worse. Uh, what's going on right now is just an eye opening uh, trap for all of America, and I would like to make the case that, as you guys probably could flush out even further, that... If anybody in America wants a nation of socialists, well, this is what socialism looks like in, in nations that don't have uh, rule of law uh, top priority, and especially in nations that don't, don't have an electoral college like we do to protect the vote, to protect the system. This is what happens in socialist countries. It's, it's a banana republic, and every election is just violence and thuggery and and, and duking it out in, at the polls. Gross. Oh.
0: Cheryl, the blue wave that was talked about so much never materialized. However, it appears that the left participated in a massive voter suppression scheme which began earlier this year. Indeed, a real examination of the polling industry must become a priority for all if we are to guarantee free and fair elections in America, misleading voters fueling a disinformation campaign, and specifically big tech's role in silencing individuals independent voices goes against our nation's founding principles Cheryl a week before the election date the Washington Post ABC poll reported that Biden was in the lead by 17 points in Wisconsin We were just amazed by that double-digit figure. What are your thoughts on how polling groups, left-leaning media entities, and their cohorts have influenced the electorate with a false narrative? And what can be done to address this brazen attempt to discourage voters on the right from participating?
2: Brazen is right. You, you nailed it with that word. And I, I know 17 points uh, for Biden ahead in Wisconsin. That, <laughs> that's just laughable, and it's become uh, a joke. Yeah, pundits from all across political parties are laughing at that one. But uh, as far as my reaction to this, I wrote a piece on Wednesday denouncing the pollsters, and then I followed that with a piece on Thursday denouncing the media. The pollsters, their their industry, is in shape And they have been uh, red-faced shamelessly just using their position instead of using it to report truths and actual uh thoughts of American voters they have been joining with the media to develop narratives that push forward the leftist view that the American people has turned left and the American people no longer like Trump the American people denounce conservatism and so forth and that has been a partnership that we've seen for years now uh specifically under this president uh it, the media has been dis- Despicable and disgusting. Even Fox News, which is where conservatives turn to when they hear the false narratives on other outlets, they look to Fox News for the truths. The fact that Fox News It was between two and four minutes into the closing of polls in Virginia, and I was watching the TV when this happened. They called Virginia for Joe Biden. Now, Virginia obviously was going to go blue because that all polls showed that, but more than that, common sense showed that. But why the rush? Why did they have to call it two to four minutes into uh, when the polls closed? And then Fox News compounded the problem by calling Arizona. Too quickly, in now everybody's opinion, followed by the Associated Press. So, my solution that I put out in my Washington Times piece was for the media. If the media really wants to put a stop to this false narrative, and if they want to actually put forward truthful, uh, truthful numbers for the next election, they need to hire more conservatives and hire specifically more Christian conservatives, because as they're making their decisions when to call races, there should be some voices in the room that have a handle on what people in those so-called flyover country states are thinking and be able to put a stop to these bubble decisions. You know, these media executives make these decisions based on talking to their leftist friends that live in the bubble with them. We need more voices in the media, in the New York Times, at CNN, at MSNBC, who can counter that. Uh, realistically, that probably won't happen, but that's the only way that we're going to put a stop to this.
1: I mean, since Trump won the elections in 2016, we had a series of events that are are undermining the integrity of our elections and the government of, by and for the people. I mean, starting with Mueller investigation into Russia's interference and the Trump campaign collusion into US elections was a hoax. Russian collusion was false narrative, was presented and perpetuated by the deep state media and Democrats. In this election, as you mentioned, pollsters were undermining Trump and projecting a blue wave across the country, which didn't happen. The mainstream media was censoring news of Biden's family's corruption and influence peddling, with communist China, Russia, Moscow's mayor and Ukraine, And the big tech is a self-proclaimed fact checker of the truth, which is in fact working for Democrats. There's obviously a deep state, and you also talk about in in your book, Socialists Don't Sleep. And the Washington DC swamp, which distributes taxpayers' money, protects youth monopolies and works with foreign corrupt governments. They need a puppet to run this country. And Donald Trump is not a puppet and has been fighting to drain this swamp.
2: That's absolutely right. I mean, Trump is truly the great disruptor-in-chief. And uh, you couldn't have asked for a better president at this time in history. As this nation was on the cusp, of electing Hillary Clinton, who is nothing but uh, a globalist with far-reaching connections overseas, and as this nation had just come off eight years of Barack Obama with the with the open borders and and the flood of illegals into America and the regulatory clampdowns uh, for environmental reasons and uh, the the overburdensome taxes, as this nation was already in the. In in free fall, here comes Donald Trump, and he he doesn't only bring a conservative idea. He actually takes a stand and says, make America great again and America first. And say what you will about Donald Trump, say what you will about his Twitter feed, but he has not strayed from America first. And he's done it in a way that has outed the globalist, collectivist, Marxist, communist, deep state cockroaches from their corners. And they are furious. And they were taken off guard by Hillary Clinton's loss in 2016. And you rightly painted what's been going on during Trump's entire administration, that they've been busily fighting him hoping to tear down this administration based on false charges, false accusations, false allegations of Russia collusion, and then when that didn't work, conflict of interest, and and so forth. But... Here Trump is still standing and fighting and this is what we are seeing now with this election pushback from the Democrats they are determined to get rid of Donald Trump in order to bring back their globalist designs for America and this crosses party lines it's not just a democrat versus republican thing there are far too many republicans in congress that are quiet when it comes to denouncing big tech or they may scorn big tech openly, but then when they when big tech leaves the scene and they leave the hearings on Capitol Hill, there's never any actions taken against these big tech companies. And a lot of Republicans are just as favorable or fawning to China interests as Democrats. Trump has been a staunch defender of America first uh, rights and that's why the backlash from both Democrats and Republicans have come so strong. The lesson learned for all of America, though, is we've seen the deep state upfront and personal. There is no denying its existence, and now it's incumbent on us, no matter who takes over the White House in January, it's incumbent on free-loving Americans to keep that fight alive, because the deep state's not going away anytime soon.
0: Cheryl, Natasha Sardos and I have appreciated perusing through your most recent book, Socialists Don't Sleep, a timely and relevant book that really brings to the focus the great dangers that America faces now and going forward. In fact, uh, our mutual friend Governor Mike Huckabee uh, relayed these wonderful words, and I quote, Socialists Don't Sleep is one of those timely books that just points out the roots of what's gone wrong in America. How can get our country back on track to what our founding fathers envisioned and the judeo-christian community that holds the key to america's long-term successes unquote Uh, cheryl when we focus on socialism in america we certainly remember our history a nation which was founded by a principled generation that adhered to the principles advancing freedom the rule of law free enterprise and religious liberty And one of the things that your book brings out is how socialism has crept in to remember the recent history of the past hundred years of how socialists were actually active on American soil. And in one of your chapters, uh, you state, I quote, socialism doesn't come as an announcement from Congress, blasted by the Speaker of the House across America's airwaves. America's now a socialist country, if only. That would be easier to fight. Instead, socialism comes as a shadow, a seductive, creeping, shadowy figure, promising nirvana while distracting from the Ponsai scheme of redistribution impossibilities, while deceiving about the only end result that can come – That is government oppression, unquote. Cheryl, could you further elaborate on the concern stated about the shadow of socialism in America and how this very dark side is threatening America's future?
2: Absolutely, uh, because this is what the whole book is about, helping people identify the the small s socialism, as I call it, the, the actual mindset uh, that goes along with socialism before it becomes what I call the big S socialism, the actual political representatives like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez serving openly in Congress. And it's it's my concern that no matter who serves in politics in the White House in the years uh, to come, whether it's Republican or Democrat, we in America have to learn to get a handle on the socialism that seeps sneakily, subtly, quietly before our entire country just moves into the socialist big S column. And one way, just one current, example. If you listen to Kamala Harris speak, if you listen to her in recent weeks, uh, just in the last couple weeks, down in Florida, for instance, she gave this big rally where she was talking about social justice, climate and environmental justice, economic justice, legal reform justice. Everything was sold in this soft and squishy and warm and fuzzy, feel-good type of phrasing that, that makes people think, well, that sounds good. I want justice. I want justice everywhere. I want justice for poor people, for rich people. Well, The thing is, what she is selling is communism and Marxism. That's all the language of collectivists. When Kamala Harris and her Kind speak about justice, they're talking about justice in terms of government deciding what justice is and deciding who gets their particular brand of justice. They're talking about government having control over winners and losers. They're talking about government picking who gets to produce, who gets to to create who gets to earn and who has to give to those deemed less fortunate so justice in the minds of socialists always comes from government it's always a government decision but in America justice is really living out the principles of the Constitution as founding fathers envisioned it because founding fathers vision of justice And justice for all came from the core basic idea that individual rights come from God, not government. And that sets everybody on a level playing field. That's justice that's real justice and capitalism the economy of choice in America that actually furthers that type of justice because it gives everybody an economic playing field and a creative playing field it says that the talents that I was given by God at birth are free and I can produce and gain revenues from them as I see fit it doesn't put government in charge of it so this is one way that socialism sneaks into our our economy into our politics into our culture by buying into rhetoric such as Kamala Harris puts out and the left when they talk about justice not countering that with the with the core truth that here in America with a Constitution and a limited government and a democratic republic form of government and the idea where our rights come from God not government that we already have justice so that's one way that socialism seeps into America
0: In fact, uh, Cheryl, as you've mentioned, how the left has used uh, a certain narrative with a emotive response, a a soothing, calming way, as you've described it, uh, that is truly false. And, uh, you know, from my own experiences in traveling through Eastern Europe's post-communist countries, we still see the twin legacies of communism, the disregard for the rule of law, and also how property rights, private property rights, are still trampled upon upon. They still are not free yet. We all can attest to the fact that it was encouraging to note that when we looked at the recent election results, we saw the Latino community. And specifically, we understand that it's not a monolithic group by any means. But we noticed that in the Miami Dade County area in Florida, as well as in Texas, there were people that were from that are cuban americans or originally from venezuela who understand what socialism did to their respective ancestral homeland they reject socialism because they know what it has done
2: and you make an excellent point about the emotive response and this is the problem we have: emotion, not thinking. Right? I mean, it's great to have emotion to drive forward your passion, but it has to be uh, subdued. It has to be subservient to the to the thinking process. It, I mean, people in America need to think of the cause effect. They need to think: what happens if, say, we give free college to everybody? And and by free, I mean tax paid, of course. Well, you know, there are long term consequences consequences. consequences for that and it we're not talking just financial we're talking about degrading the whole education system we're talking about changing a mindset of an entire nation from one where they have to work for selves and work for their own improvements to one where they demand and expect government to provide so all this stuff has long-ranging consequences and i fear our youth are not being taught this critical thinking skills in public schools because with greater Uh, and greater alarming frequency, our youth, our millennials and Gen Z's are turning to socialism, uh, as the favorable economic uh, means in America over capitalism and polls consistently over the years have borne this out the good news is as you point out the Latino community in uh, southern Florida and in the, the Hispanics in parts of Texas are rejecting outright socialism and they are flocking to the Republican Party to the party of limited governance to Donald Trump in particular to uphold the basic tenets of America and the greatness of America based on constitutional ideals.
1: And we do see so many signs of socialism in the States. And one of them is, as we chatted before, uh, these fraudulent elections uh, signals or signs where we are not sure whether we can trust the system. It's a very, very bad precedent if we don't get these elections right. We have to make sure that we have the count and that we have Honest, competent people really verifying that all votes are counted well and that just legally cast votes count. Yes,
2: we can't go through this mistrust every time there's an election. I mean, every election comes down to uh, believing that there are trustworthy and honest people in charge of counting the ballots. That's what it comes down to. And in the last couple of days, uh, I actually did some research to find out how many elections in America have had uh, discrepancies at the ballot box and, and during the counts, and how many times there have been uh, corrupted processes. and. I was alarmed there have there have been quite a few elections in America where it's proven historical fact that elections were just completely skewed by bad actors and nefarious players and uh, I guess the good thing is that maybe people don't know their history so that gives that gives modern day voters a little bit more trust in the election process than if they knew the history of America's elections, maybe they wouldn't have. But if we don't go going forward, fix this chaotic system that we have that we're seeing play before us right now with this presidential election it it just opens the door for more and more big government because chaos a chaotic uh, system chaos in the streets only benefits the far left because it's the far left that wants to take advantage of chaos and bring in the big government to supposedly fix and and soothe the chaos and we all know how that goes that never works it just results in, in bigger and bigger government
1: Cheryl, I would like to quote from your book, Socialists Don't Sleep, uh, something that is very timely. And your comment in today's light, as we are waiting the results of elections, uh, you said, can Trump's successor save the liberal international order? wondered Stuart Patrick, the James Binger Senior Fellow in Global Governance and Director of the International Institutions and Global Governance Program at the Council on Foreign Relations in a February 2020 essay. You say, this is a must read for patriotic Americans. It spells out well the globalist takeover and globalists lust to take over America, America's government, and ultimately all the world's governments. In other words this is not conspiracy theory.
2: Yeah isn't that uh, You know what it, when I when I did the research for that for this book, uh, my eyes just widened when I read this because I was like, "How much more open can you be than to pen uh, uh, an essay for all to read about the globalist design to take over America and to to cripple America's sovereignty and to uproot its constitution and to not just lay that agenda out, but to lay the blame directly at Trump's feet as the one who has stopped this from occurring." And this isn't a guy that is on the conservative side of things, uh, looking at the political landscape and saying that this is what's going on. This, The guy who wrote this essay is an insider. He is on the inside desiring to take over America and to cripple America's sovereignty and pointing the finger right at Trump as the guy who's preventing this, what he thinks, is a good thing from happening. So that was one of the most eye opening uh bits of research that I came across and I thought well if I put this in the book that's gonna put to put to rest all the claims of oh it's a conspiracy theory that socialists are coming for America. Well it's not because in their own words they are.
0: Cheryl, it's truly a great honor to have you joining us on America's Roundtable in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting in Michigan. And uh, Cheryl, I just wanted to share with our listeners that if they haven't yet picked up your book to encourage them to purchase Socialists Don't Sleep, And in fact, uh, uh, it is available on Amazon and other platforms. So we certainly encourage our listeners to purchase the book, Socialists Don't Sleep. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for joining us on America's Roundtable.
1: Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you so much both for having me.
0: This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting in Michigan. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I am Jolan Sami, your co-host joined by Natasha Sardoch, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit.
1: America's Roundtable brings together leading voices from business, government, media, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and via YouTube on International Leaders Summit. Visit iLeadersSummit.org.